Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your very, very warm welcome. And welcome to everyone watching from Leicester and Cambridge and people online. It's so good to be here with you all today. Um, you know, the last time I was up here, I remember telling you that we were expecting our, our third child. And, you know, I just wanted to let you know, thank God he came. He's healthy. He's now a four-month-old. That's him when he was born. And, yeah, now about four months old. So we're doing well. We're grateful. Thank you so much for your love and support in many ways. We appreciate you. So, you know, we've been studying the life of Gideon, and we've been learning so much Today we're going to be discussing a portion of his story that I believe God wants us to look at today. And this has to do with being the army of God. I even thought I should even dress the part to look like a soldier, to help us start thinking like soldiers of the army of God. So to get into this, I'm going to read through the passage of um, the book of Judges where we find the story. And I'll be reading from verses 1 to 8 from the King James Version. Then Jerubal, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Harod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them, by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, my own arm hath saved me. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people 20 and 2,000, and there remained 10,000. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink, and the number of them that lapped putting their hand to their mouth were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, by the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go every man unto his place. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man unto his tent, and retained those 300 men. And the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. Hmm. From Gideon's story, we, we've really come to see that God is able to bring his people to victory no matter what battles they face. Because the strength of the people of God is not really in them, but in the God that they serve. And we know our God is more than able. But there's something else we see in this passage that I really believe God is wanting us to learn from Gideon. Gideon was really only able to go in the strength of his God and gain victory despite his weaknesses because he had learned something of how to capitalize on the strength of God. Gideon had learned to communicate with God. He knew what God was thinking. 
He, re he received instructions on what strategies to use, and he followed through with implementing them. So it's safe to say that his being able to gain victory had a lot to do with his ability to partner with God to make this happen. And so I really believe that today God is working with us to help us understand how we as his people can more effectively partner with him to go in his own strength like Gideon did. You see, as God's people today, we are God's army in this world. Every one of us in Christ is under commission to partner with God to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And wherever we see this being the case, we see the emblems of God's kingdom, our kingdom, being righteousness, peace, and joy. But if you've been here long enough, you'll agree with me that we're not seeing this everywhere. In fact, life is looking like a battle, and really it is. But unlike Gideon, we're not fighting a physical battle, but a spiritual one. However, like him, we are going to be able to maximally go in the strength of our God if we can do three of the things that I, I believe that we can pick up from Gideon's life. And the first thing is that we need to know the God of the army. You know, the book of Daniel 11:32 says that the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. You see, a phrase struck me as I saw it repeatedly mentioned through the passage. And it was, and the Lord said to Gideon, and the Lord said to Gideon, four times in the portion we read, we see it repeated, the Lord said to Gideon. It dawned on me that Gideon had established a definite way of hearing from the Lord that worked for him and kept him going. Whatever he, it was he was doing, he had been able to effectively secure in his heart his way of hearing from God. You would agree with me that if this wasn't the case, Gideon would have totally been defeated. His lifeline was his ability to hear from God. You know, and I believe that God is saying to us today as his army, we cannot do life's battles without hearing from him. So the question for us today is how are we doing with our ability to hear from God? You see, vital for every army is its mode of communication from the military base to the troops or from the commander to the rest of the army. But sometimes, you know, in the busyness of life, our secret quiet place where we hear from God most clearly begins to be overshadowed. And then we begin to struggle in knowing what he's saying because we can't hear. And I know personally what this can be like, where it becomes so noisy in your heart and your mind. But I believe that God is calling us to come back to a place of quietness, to find that time to spend with him so that you can hear the secrets for your moments, so that you can hear what he needs to let you know to get, through, get you through what you're going through. So whatever challenges we may be facing right now, you know, God is saying something. He is speaking something instructive to us that will give us so much clarity on what we need to do. And if you remember, we've just concluded a series on hearing God. And I would just love to recommend that, you know, if we're struggling right now with our airways and our ability to hear, to get intel from heaven, please go watch that series again. Because God is going to tell you something that will see you through whatever you're dealing with. Another thing that we're seeing from this portion of Gideon's story regarding knowing 
the God of the army is, which is so encouraging. I find it so encouraging. And indeed, it is so encouraging for us. Is, is the fact that we're able to see how God thinks of our battles. God makes it clear to Gideon that he wants to do the impossible for them because that's the only way he can reveal himself as God to them. Judges 7 verse 3 says, God says to Gideon, the people are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying my own hand has saved me. So God actually uses the phrase that the people are too many for him. See, you have to understand that this army was already outnumbered. He actually let go of almost 32,000 men. You know, in, this, in that chapter further on, it describes the Midianites as being like grasshoppers in multitude and their canals like the sand on the seashore. So the Israelites were already in, in an impossible situation. But God literally took them from an impossible situation to beyond impossible. But this, this tells us something about the God of the army, the God of the army, our God, that we can draw from. That when we're faced with the most challenging of circumstances, we can be encouraged to know that this is exactly when God is able to show himself as God in such a way that we would only be able to rely on him and attribute our victories to him. And you see, I think this is so important because when these moments happen, they become such a landmark, such a point of reference for us that speaks forever of him alone. And we're able to point people to these beautiful moments of encounter when we speak of our God. You know, in my life, I can tell you that, there, that I have such a confidence in the love of God for me and his ability to heal because of what he did for me many years ago. God healed me from severe clinical depression. And it's a testimony in my life that forever anchors me and anchors my faith in him. It's also something I can point to people and say, look what God did. I've also experienced, experienced him in so many other ways, like a comforter. I remember when my father passed on, it was so clear. There was no doubt about it. It was God that was comforting me and the rest of my family. Or when I look at my life and the trajectory, where I was and where I've come, how far I've come, I can see he's been a good shepherd. There's no way I could have done it on my own. So in all these scenarios, you can see God playing out. There's no way it could have happened outside of him. So as the army of God, we can really go in the strength of our God, just like Gideon did when we know our God and we're able to communicate with him, hear from him. When we're able to draw courage from knowing that he is wanting to, willing to, and is able to do the impossible for us. Knowing this begins to position us to go in the strength of our God. You see, the second thing I, I believe that we can draw from Gideon's story that would really help us go as an army in the strength of God is also knowing the strategy of the God of the army. As Gideon's battle begins to unfold, we see that God uses certain strategies for warfare. You know, firstly, he decides that some people who are really afraid need to sort of go back, and then people who drank water in a certain way are asked to stay. Reading further in the chapter, we see that he gets the victory for them in a very unique way with blowing of trumpets and breaking of pitchers. So we're seeing that God has strategies for his army. Even for us right now in our day, he's got strategies for us. 
So I'd like us to look at some of these strategies. We'll take one from Gideon's story specifically, but we'll also look into some of the things he's written in the scriptures to us. And the first thing I, I believe that God is wanting us to, to know is that he needs us to say no to fear. You see, as God's army, we will thrive when we say no to fear. I believe that when he told those men who were struggling with fear to go back at the time, it, it must have been because fear places a limitation on us and his ability to maximally express himself through us. Because our enemy's strategy against us is fear. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to feel fear, but I believe that God will like us to take courage. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, personally, I've come to learn how to say no to fear when I remember I am loved by God. 1 John 4.18a says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So wherever you are right now, whoever you are, whatever is going on, I want you to know that God is saying to you that he loves you and he's going to see you through. So do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. You can say no to that fear. A second strategy that is written sort of more directly to us right now because of the type of warfare we're fighting is found in the book of Ephesians. And it speaks of putting on what is called spiritual armor. So God wants us to know that he's got, he has got special warfare tools for us now as his army here on earth. Ephesians 6, 10 to 11 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the trickery of the devil. And when we read further, there are a list of items of you know, armor that are mentioned, and definitely we need to have all that in place. But I want to focus on something, a specific warfare tool that you know, the Lord kept impressing on my heart as I prepared for today. And that's actually found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8a. And it says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. So this warfare tool is called the breastplate of faith and love. Can, can we speak about love first? Because I believe God wants us to understand that he wants us to fight with love. For his army today in these times, in these days, God wants us to fight with love. Because our love for each other is under attack more than ever before. The Bible says that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. And love is the bond that binds us together in unity. So when the enemy is able to get us to go against each other, that breaks us apart. And that is detrimental for any army. God wants us to know that if we are able to stay together in unity, walking in love towards each other, he's going to be able to do so much more amongst us, for us and through us, than we could ever imagine. Because the enemy has no defense against love. So love is warfare. At home in my marriage, Myra and I have come to learn that it's never really a true victory if either of us is fighting to have our own way. We're not winning if there's any sense of tension or conflict. We've come to realize that we're better off when we win the agreement rather than win the argument. Because that's when we have victory on all sides. We find that we'll be, we're always feeling happier 
more united, when the atmosphere in our home is, is one of righteousness and peace and joy, which indicates that God's kingdom is prevailing. When we're working together in unity, truly loving each other, we're able to navigate life better, make better decisions, win more together and thrive better. And it's not always a perfect scenario, but having this understanding has really helped us win together in love. So now think about what happens if all of us make the commitment to implement this strategy of love in our homes, in our families, in our communities, our churches, and every area where we as the body of Christ have influence. So God is saying, fight with love. You know, what you see, what's going on right now in our world is that the definition of love has really been truncated. And that's why I like us to just go again together to see what it really means when God is saying to his people, love, fight with love, fight with love. So that we can really understand what he's trying to say. First Corinthians 13, 48 says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and it never fails. So in our homes, when we choose not to be easily angered, not to go our own way, keep no record of wrongs, we're fighting warfare, and we're letting God prevail. In our world today, when we uphold truth, recognizing its boundaries, we are shunning evil, then we're truly loving and letting God prevail. So God wants us to fight with love. The second thing is faith. The breastplate of faith and love. God is saying to us today that our fight is a fight of faith. Faith in his love, faith in his ability, in his promises. The scripture tells us that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. You know, there's nothing as reassuring as God's promises to us firmly believed in our hearts and spoken through our mouths. So when we're under pressure, we can declare God's word because we know it's true and he doesn't lie. This is how we overcome. So that's what I do and that's what I want to encourage us all to do when we're going through whatever we're going through. Remember that God's word is true. You can believe it and speak. It doesn't matter how you feel or what's going on because you know change is happening. And the third thing I believe that we can see from Gideon's life is to obey the God of the army. You know, Gideon could have heard from God. He could have, you know, God could have explained the strategies. This is how you're going to conquer. This is how you're going to win. But if he didn't actually do any of those things, if if he didn't follow through, he wouldn't have been able to come through successfully. And I believe as God's army today, God is is actually wanting us to do the same thing. Concerning the strategies he's made clear to us. The warfare tools he has described that we've got now. You know, he has actually even said that these things are not just, they're not just suggestions, they're actually commands. He's wanting us to follow through with because this is how we can win. 1 John 3.23 says, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, faith, and love one another, love, just as he commanded us. So God is calling us to to a place where we're choosing love, even when it feels like it's the weak thing to do, when our emotions are agitating. God is saying to us to believe his promises, even when it looks like nothing is happening. 
He's saying, you don't give up. Don't give up hope. Don't give up on my word because I'm fighting for you in the background. He's saying to us that we need to fight for time with him so that we can spend time in his word and hear him and hear what he has to say to get us through whatever we're going through. God is saying to us to hold us, hold on firmly to his love so that we can be free from fear. Because when the fear goes, the enemy has no hold on us. So wherever we are right now, as God's soldiers, as his army, we can begin to respond in obedience to these words. Because this is what we need to get through whatever we're going through. We can know the God of the army. We can fight with love. We can fight with faith and overcome. And we will see victory in every area of our lives. I know I want to just say, why don't we just take this time, this opportunity to respond to this together? You know, everything we've heard today would hit us in different ways, but one thing is certain. God wants us to come through successfully, whatever we're dealing with. And as I prepared for today, I believe that God is really one to restore relationships, certain relationships. And you've been, you know, you're, there's some people out there, you've been, you've been fighting the best way you know how. But God is saying to you, he wants you to fight with love. You know, exactly what he says, love is patient, love is kind, and everything is written there. God is saying, just do that and see me move, see me work. You're going to see that relationship restored in a way that will exceed your imagination. In fact, the word that he used was, it was like, you, you need to fight brutally with love. Because when you do that, you're going to be defeating the real enemy. And you're going to be winning your loved one over. I believe God is wanting to restore his army because a lot of us have been fighting against each other and he wants us to come together in our homes, in our marriages, our friendships, our churches. The Lord is wanting to restore the unity of his church. So wherever you are right now, you, you, you know what you're dealing with. God is saying fight with love and you'll see him come through. And then there's some other people out there you are struggling with so much and you're, you're giving up hope. God is saying, don't give up. Don't give up. My word is true. Hold fast. My love for you is unending. I'm fighting for you. God is saying, hold on. Hold tight. I've got this. I've got this for you. So don't give up. And so I'd like us to just rise up together. We're going to be praying together as a body. Father God, we thank you for strengthening us as your people, your army today here on earth. Thank you for helping us to stay together, stay united, loving one another in our families, in our marriages, our homes, our communities, our churches. Father God, we're declaring in the name of Jesus that we're not going to be broken apart. We're going to stand united, stand strong, stand firmly. And your word and your life in us is going to be overflow through us. Father God, we thank you. We take courage from your word that says you're building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
Lord, Father, God, I speak to that marriage, that that marriage that seems to be broken, it's coming together in the name of Jesus. That those children will grow up in a wholesome family in the name of Jesus Christ. The things you want to do across your people, Lord, I thank you that you're doing it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for giving men and women here strategies to fix their homes, to fix their families in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. There will not be any breaking up. There will not be any dissolution in the name of Jesus Christ, the peace of God, the passes all understanding will guard your heart and keep your mind in Christ Jesus you will stay united you will stay together in the name of Jesus Christ and father God for the one that is losing hope and breaking feels like they want to give up father I thank you for strength I thank you for hope rises up light shines in the darkness in the name of Jesus Christ they can hear your voice clearly they can hear that voice that says I have set before you an open door and no man can shut it in the name of Jesus Christ Lord I thank you because they see the good that you have for them ahead for them they will not let go they will not give up because you're the one who loves them with an everlasting love and nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord father we're grateful to you thank you father God